Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the same old Arsenal podcast live literally seconds after the final whistle sponsored by the amazing Ruth Beck Art. We have plenty of uh, artwork which we can share up at various different stages of today's stream but uh, check her out. Uh, She's on Etsy and uh, check her out. If you're not following her, follow her on all of the socials that you get socials to but we are quite happy today. I'm wearing colours because why not? Uh, Amanda is wearing colours because why not? And James just what's wrong with you? Mate? What's going on? Sorry, I, I've been in West London today, mate. So I've been in enemy territory, which is even worse for those listening. Considering I'm wearing a slightly blue top, but given that we want Chelsea to do us a favour at the time of recording this, people have probably listened to this back and they've been battered about eight nil. But come on, you blues! Yeah. You've got to say, come on, you blues. Um, let's also, uh, we're not going to, this is an Arsenal podcast, so we're not going to spend any time talking about them, the scum, the horrible lot down the Seven Sisters Road. But let's just take a second or two to have a little chuckle at the fact that they have been defeated 2-1 uh, against Wolves today, mate. Uh, so, uh, Amanda, just uh, literally 30 seconds on uh, the Tottenham result, then we get into proper football because, you know, that no, is No, we don't have to waste 30 seconds on that lot. And then, just laugh. Ha, ha, ha. James, you want to do a laugh or should we just get straight into the get absolute glory? Everywhere they go. Let's, let's, let's get into it, mate. I, I don't want to yeah. talk about Spurs. Let's talk yeah. about what comes let's after get straight into what was an, another absolutely amazing result. Uh, five nil away from home. This is shocking, people. We've scored 21 goals in five football matches. This is basketball stuff. Mr. Cook, we're going to kick you off uh, with a little bit of uh, excitement. Um Stadium's empty everywhere we go, apparently. What do you reckon? Oh, they are indeed. They are indeed. I just hope that uh, we're able to do the same in Porto on Wednesday night because um, the way we're going at the minute, I mean, 
I, I don't think we're in for a basketball score on Wednesday, but I'm just enjoying this whilst it lasts because, I mean, it's very easy to forget that it wasn't too long ago that we put in that shocking performance at Fulham over Christmas and then we're, we're, we're just being treated. You know, it's, we're being absolutely spoiled by what Arsenal were doing today. And uh, me and JJ did the preview for this game and we were just honestly struggling uh, of things to talk about because what do you change? from what's happened recently. You know, we were so good against Liverpool. We were so good against West Ham. You don't change a thing, do you? There's not really too much to preview going into this game. And lo and behold, same lineup, same strategy, very nearly the same result. Beautiful from Arsenal this afternoon. Absolutely beautiful. It was fantastic stuff, Amanda. Um, it was scintillating, I would say. And it's just really, really nice seeing the response. Again, we talked about it last week, but seeing the response post um, post that Dubai trip. Um, let's talk line up first and foremost. Um, it was a funny one because Arteta said yesterday on his press conference that, oh, yeah, we've got some players returning. But um, it was only ESR that returned uh, to the team. We've, we've also got a couple of the young kids that apparently picked up Knox, but your thoughts just, I mean, we're going to get into all the excitement and we can do all of the banter, but let's, let's be, let's try and be professional podcasters here. Um, oh, I should probably at that point uh, jump in that uh, if you want to put any questions into the chat, please put them in. Amanda will style them. Uh, she's also going to be calling up all of your messages. So if you just want to laugh about anything, or if you just want to say great things, just stick them in the chat. We will feature them on the uh, bottom of the screen. But Amanda, that lineup. So we've got Emil Smith Rowan, but it's the same as last week. Uh, would you have, I mean, maybe he couldn't change anything, but were you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm always of the adage, don't change a winning side. And the momentum's good. We didn't need Jorginho there. Keep it as it is. I mean, we didn't, I don't think we scored from a set play today, did we? Oh, no, sorry. No, 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 no. penalty isn't a set play. We discussed that last week. Um, no, I, I'm not going to get into it because I'll just carry on talking. Um, no, happy, totally fine. Didn't really see any difference. I mean, it, it's it's a bit worrying that Jesus is injured again. And it's not just a little injury, obviously. Unless he's saving him for Porto on Wednesday night. I don't know. I don't know how Mikel works. All I know is it works. It really, really does work. So, uh, James, we kick off and... It's an interesting one because last week at West Ham, there was a couple of minutes before we scored where there was a couple of instances where I kind of saw us misplace the pass or two, but we were pretty much dominant. But today we didn't even have to worry about that. I mean, on four minutes, Erdegaard scored his goal. Uh, I commented on Twitter, which made me laugh. Um, it only took Burnley fans uh, two minutes to crack out the booze uh, for the set. <laughs> but... Uh, we didn't need to worry too much about that. We kept them quiet because Erdogan's goal on four minutes. Talk me through that. Yeah, and it was so important to score early, wasn't it? Because Liverpool had just swept Brentford aside earlier, beating them by four goals to one. So we knew exactly what we had to do. And I think against West Ham, where we missed quite a few chances early on in the game, didn't really get the breakthrough mm. till about the half hour mark. Just putting it to, well, not to bed, but getting that, that early goal, which opens up the game, which then allowed us to express ourselves. Burnley had to come out a little bit more. But it was just so similar to what we saw last week. I mean, I can't think of one genuine good chance that Burnley had that causes any problems. And OK, we've played West Ham, we played Burnley, two teams that are in dreadful form at the minute. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And 11 goals, two clean sheets in our past two games was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, to, to start the game so quickly today um, and for Erdegaard to score that goal, I think he's definitely been due a goal like that in his 
prime zone on the football pitch. I mean, he took it so, so well, controlling it, first of all, and then putting it right in the very bottom corner. And Martinelli as well, kudos to him for the cross. Um, perfect start. And then, yeah, left us with the perfect game. Yeah, absolutely perfect game. And Amanda, I'm just going to chuck this one in there early. I'm going to chuck my uh, my thoughts in early into the podcast. I think Martinelli was our best player today. He absolutely had that right back on toast. And then for the first goal, that right foot little flick to uh, to Erdegaard to finish. But also, do you know what I loved as well? The little cheeky banter of giving the uh, balloon that had uh, rested beside him a little boot afterwards as well. That made me chuckle. But uh, go on then. You shook no. your head. No, Erdegaard. Erdegaard for me, before he even scored the goal, I thought he's on it. He was at that goalkeeper within the first minute and the whole game. He has been exquisite. I'm not saying anyone else hasn't. They were all brilliant today. To be honest, the defence didn't have much to do. Raya did make one save, so they did have one and then one just in extra time. Um, But they haven't really troubled us. But no, for me, Erdegaard was man of the match. Absolutely magnifico. He was. He really was. Just a, I, I, just something to, that I picked up. On 75 minutes, Burnley hadn't had a single shot on goal. And Amanda, I'll, I'll stick with you. So we went 1-0 up and um, it was sort of like control, wasn't it? I felt like as soon as we got that first goal, it felt to me like this is now a case of can we take advantage? Can we capitalise? Is this a point in which... Because we were getting, I thought we were getting in behind again and again and again. Those balls in behind from the middle third of the pitch to that final third, you could see Erdegaard. And maybe, do you know what? You know me, I love Erdegaard. So maybe maybe I'm, I'm willing to sort of change my view. But I just thought Martinelli was fantastic. But those balls in behind, those balls in behind, we were, we were cutting them apart again and again, weren't we, Amanda? Absolutely. I mean, it, it was, I, I was saying to Carl that we had... A lot, you know, I talk about rubber the green, luck of the ball, you know, a bit of luck needs to go your way. Everything was falling for us except the final ball in the first half. It wasn't like frustrating or anything. I just yeah. felt we probably, and this is no disrespect to Burnley, could have had 10 goals the whole game yeah. uh, easily. Trossard's missed quite a few. Um, but I just felt when that first goal went in and it was like 25 minutes later and we haven't got another one, I was like, can't see Burnley scoring, but it's definitely not going to be like last week. It's going to be 2-0. We might we might sneak one in the second half. Bit of a boring game. It'd be all us. I never predicted this in a million years. But, and I'll say this again, about four weeks ago, I was talking to Jeff Arsenal on Twitter, and we said, someone deserves and someone will get a batter in. I did not expect it to be the week after again. I, I just yeah. didn't. Cooks is right. They are two teams that are not not the best. You can only play what's in front of you. That will be thrown at us. I don't care. We've got the best goal difference in the league. We've got clean sheets coming out of area roles. We are playing the most beautiful football. And as we said last week, Chris, because Cooks, you went on, we both said the players have come into form at the right time and they've all come into form. It's not yep. just like Saka's, you know, Saka's not been bad this season. It's just not been what we had last season. Now he's on fire, absolutely on fire, scoring for fun. His, his second, hold on, he, I can't remember what goal it was I loved. I've lost count of who did what at when, but his goal was just, his, his second goal 
was outstanding. Sorry, well, outstanding. I'll give you. I'll give you the numbers. So Martin Odegaard on four minutes, Saka with a penalty on forty-one. He also scored yeah. on forty-seven, which was literally straight after halftime. We're going to get through to all of this, guys. So again, put your questions into the chat. We will try to get through as many as possible. We'll also, uh, as you can see, Amanda's flagging up some of the uh, comments that you guys have got. Uh, so yeah, it was Saka on forty-seven, Trossard on sixty-six, and Havertz on seventy-eight. But Mr. Cook, so we scored the goal early. And I'm just going to read out, because I made a couple of notes uh, in between when we scored and then when we got that penalty on 41 minutes. So I want you to kind of give me your just general thoughts. But these are some of the bits that I wrote down. Trossard offside, but he probably should have. You know that bit where Trafford made the save? save. Um, Saka in behind again on 31. Corner. Free kick Burnley. Uh, well, the free kick was given to Burnley because of the... Burnley player who was essentially manhandling uh, Ben White, but we were getting corners, we were getting in behind. Um, and I wrote down on 33 minutes, it feels like we're just one final ball away from 2-0, which goes back to Amanda's point. So between that first goal and then when we got the penalty, did you kind of feel like, oh, is, you know, is this going to be one of those days? Or did you always think, do you know what? We're just cutting them apart. We're going to do this. Yeah, it was very reminiscent of what we saw in the first half hour against West Ham except that in this instance, we had the goal. So I don't want to say we could relax, but it was kind of nice knowing that we have that goal in the bank. We don't really have to go out there. We don't really have to, you know, do anything overly drastic to to get a goal because we're not in that position. You know, we've got the goal early. We, we can let Burnley come on to us and see what happens. But Burnley didn't. And they just didn't, you know, offer us any opportunity to make any counterattacks because they just, similarly to West Ham, didn't really seem to have much interest in attacking up. I mean, it's really hard to say that Burnley were better than West Ham. West Ham were dreadful, but Burnley, I, I don't think it's for lack of trying, which I think was part of West Ham's performance last week. I think they were all round, in a footballing sense, very poor, but also they just lacked any charisma, any goal going forward. Burnley tried at times, but the football was just really poor from them. Every time they lost the ball, came straight back to us. They lost every single one-on-one -on -one virtually, uh, every 50-50. I mean, we, we just... Just, just kept the ball at our own feet, just kept them at arm's length the entire time. And it was very much attack versus defence. It felt very much like a training exercise. But no, I wasn't nervous or worried at all because the, the second goal just felt inevitable. And I say that with all due respect to Burnley, but it was only just one team in it at that point. There, there was never any threat from Burnley at 1-0. And when we got that second goal, you can just take a big, deep, you know, sigh because... Um, you feel like the game's done at that point. And, you know, it's, 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 I feel a bit disrespectful saying that to Burnley, but because they were so poor, um, you just felt like, you know, with the defence that we've got, we're not going to throw away a two-goal two goal lead to Burnley. So, yeah, no, wasn't particularly worried in that half-hour spell between the first and second goal. Um, very deserved penalty, great penalty by Saka. And at that point, yeah, that's when the fun started. Yeah, do you know what's interesting about that? And you just said it, um, with this defence... At 2-0, you said, I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't think it is being disrespectful. It's just fact. If you look at our back line, like, this is an immense, this is a brilliant back line that's been compiled here. I read a, uh, I read a article, it was like from a stats, well, it was like from an analysis website, I can't remember what it's called, but I read an article today about um, how teams have started to use centre-halves as, or 
like flexible centre halves as fullbacks. And if you think about today, we've got Ben Wright, who ostensibly was a fullback, but we've then converted him to a right back. And you've got Kivior, who again I thought was very good two weeks in a row now. Uh, Kivior, who um, and I'm sure there's some there's some stuff in the, the the chat which talks about that as well. Kivior is again ostensibly he's a he's a left he's a centre back left centre back, and that's having a big difference. This ability to have players that are they're very rotational, but they're very flexible, but they can also play multiple positions. Yeah. So like Amanda, from your perspective, so I even wrote this down on 35 minutes, Kivio strong, like in the value of centre halves. Match of the day will tell us tonight that Burnley was shocking, much like they did against West Ham. But how much of this game, let's, like, we scored lots of goals. That's great. We'll get, we get to the goals, but Amanda, I'm sort of talking defence now from your side. Are you the same as James in that as soon as that penalty, which I think we could, we don't need to talk about it too much because it was a penalty and it was tucked yeah, away yeah. brilliantly. How much how much from your perspective does that back four or five or even with Declan Rice in front of you six make you think, do you know what, 2-0, we're good. There are no four fours against Newcastle away, right? It's the second time I thought about the 4-4 four four for a split second. It wasn't for long. Um, when the second went in, unlike me, I was like... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. They're not, we're not going to, we're not going to lose this today. It's not going to be one of those Arsenal mess ups. Um, we're, we're too disciplined. We're too professional. And the defence is on fire. And even though that left-back position is causing us a problem with Zinchenko, with Tomiyasu out, now with Kivior there, who's not a natural left-back, I really like Kivior. And I agree with what James Johnson said in the uh, chat. I think the more you play Kivior, the more you're going to see what a very, very good prospect he is for us. Um, And it's really important that the defence is as good as it is because our midfield is great. And now up front, and look what's happening. It's February. We're coming good in February. Not October, not November, February. It's very exciting, Christopher, 
because the teams that go for the league come good the second half of the season. I said to you months ago, didn't I? I'm happy being third. I'm happy being there or thereabouts. I don't want. I actually don't want to be top. I don't need to be top. Let's just stay where we are because obviously, if City win one, two, or three nil tonight, we'll still stay above them. They'll have a game in hand, but we will go above them. Sorry, stay above them. Um, and I just feel that. I'm not used to this part of it being good in February, where the injuries, I don't want to talk injuries, touch wood. So our defence is making me feel calmer. And Ben White has come back to form. I'm telling you, something happened in Dubai. We need to go to Dubai every other week for a few days. And I don't know what's going on. But since we've gone back, 21 goals in five games, that's all I'm going to say. Well, I mean, um, if we go back to uh, if we go back to Dubai, it sounds to me by the loving that you were having with Joe uh, Bo, who <laughs> was in the uh, chat, you two are going to be uh, getting a room in the hotel with the uh, with the <laughs> Arsenal lads. Because, I'm uh, taking her to the restaurant with a salt. Oh, don't do that! Don't she's do that. Have, to do get, have to get a mortgage out for that, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she'll pay. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm the queen, she'll pay. Um, and she's going to do her stuff. But no, seriously, you know, we went to Dubai on the loss of Liverpool, didn't we? And everything was yep. doom and gloom. And look, I love the FA Cup. It means a lot to me. I've been probably nearly to most FA Cup finals since the 70s. And I love going to Wembley and I love everything about it. It may have been a blessing in disguise. I will never say that about a trophy. But for this season, it may be... It may be the league and the Champions League. Hey, we will absolutely <laughs> take that. And that, of course, uh, hopefully our assault on the Champions League can really kick in on Wednesday night. But we will come to that because there'll be a preview show, show uh, as we go. Um, just a quick one from PW in the chat. Hi, everyone. 18 goals in four games. PW is 21 goals in five games. Yeah. Man, woman, person, whatever. But <laughs> that is... Uh, that is quite a stat, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cook. I wrote down something, so I, I wouldn't mind just before we get into the second half and talking about the second half. I wrote down something right on second half, uh, 45 minutes. I just want to get your thoughts on I wrote down these players, they're so two-footed, these Arsenal players are so two-footed, and they and as a result, they know instantly where each other are. Like being two-footed across the board is really important because in terms of the way your body shape is, it's a lot easier to pass the ball. You're able to pass around players uh, if you're able to move it with your left and your right. I want to get your thoughts on how comfortable Arsenal look on the ball as particularly in like across the defenders, but then also um, the ability to just know where each other are. There are so many blind passes that I watch happening at the moment. It really does astound me. So I guess this is a more of a, my question is more around, your thoughts around how much they all are just they all just know each other so well and how much value that's adding to the team at the moment it's telepathic to be yeah. honest with you there's, there's no other way of describing it the way they understand where each other are and i think it really does help that we've seen this group of players play together quite consistently over the past couple of weeks and result in kind of what we're seeing now um, because they do have such a good understanding. And I think a huge part of that comes down to Martin Erdegaard being back in form. Like he's in his pomp at the minute. He's playing some fantastic stuff. All of our players going through him. But one player that's maybe going under the radar slightly is Kai Havertz as well. He was excellent against, oh. against West Ham. Excellent again today. His movement, the way he draws out defenders, creates space, holds up the ball. Whether he's playing in midfield or up top of the minute, I don't really care because he's interlinking, interchanging with Trossard so much. 
I love this front six. Honestly, I absolutely love this front six. I know we've still got Gabriel Jesus to come back, but he doesn't even get in the team for me at the minute. I'd rather have Trossard leading the line. I think we're just so fluid. I think we're so unpredictable. And the way we kind of play without a striker, I really love the unpredictability of it, whether it's Havertz going up top, whether it's Trossard, whether it's Martinelli, whether it's Saka. You know, anyone can pop up in that six-yard, 18-yard box. And we're just so good at... um, dumbfounding the opposition so I don't think Jesus walks back into this team um you know and it's a great problem to have because someone listed all the players that were out today and you've got Thomas Partey, Timber, uh, Tomiyasu um that's a question I've got for you two guys actually because we know that Endo has come back for Liverpool straight after the Asia Cup gone straight into the Liverpool starting 11 we've got our own player in Tomiyasu that's come back from the Asia Cup nowhere to be seen two weeks in a row I'm not gonna hide the fact I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on there. Um, I'm not. I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe jet lag, maybe a rest. Jet lag? It's been two weeks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, he played, did he play a lot over there? I don't know. Maybe he's saving he him played. for Porto. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to play against Porto. We can talk about that later, but um, I don't know. I'm not concerned because we're winning. We would be, if we were losing, we'd be concerned. But at the moment, it's okay. I mean, for me, this is the match I've been waiting for, Newcastle at home. I'm still raging. I still can't get over it. I still can't. I know everyone says I'm sad, especially the Newcastle fan on the radio that day, who now tweets me. Um, But this is is the game I've been waiting for for, since we played at St. James's. So, I I don't know. It doesn't matter, Cooks, does it? As long as he's not injured, let him rest. No, and where Tommy Asu's, um, Kivio, sorry, is playing so well with the minute, I don't think even if Tommy Asu was fit, he comes back. Hold on. Carl Stark said Tommy has a slight knock from the Asia Cup. He'll be back soon. Well, I hope he has a slight knock. By the way, I've got some stats and figures, Chris, if you want to come to me later. I was just about to do the stats. Are you going to do match? Do you want to do the match stats then? No, I've got one that uh, Carl sent us in our group. So All right, well, I'll, get, I'll tell you what, um, I'm going to talk through the, I'll talk through the Tomiyasu and some of the, the yeah. absentees because I've just got a sneaky feeling, James, again, no inside information, just gut feel. I've got a feeling that Arteta looked at Burnley, he looked at the way they play, he looked at the way that we could potentially set up. And I think he's probably thought, you know, what? I'm going to hold a few people back here. So my yeah. hope is that Gabriel Jesus comes back in uh, and maybe they're giving him an extra few days. You know, don't even have him doing the warm-up or warm-down or anything like that. Just give him time because he loves the Champions League. I suspect we might see Tommy Asso. I've got a feeling that we might see Tommy Asso in, in Porto as well. Yeah, but, uh, as well. Um, just a quick interlude. Um, we're obviously sponsored by Ruth Beck Art, so please uh, go follow Ruth and um, find out about some of the amazing stuff that she does as well. I'm just going to whack a couple of her images on screen that we showed last week, but you can get West Ham. Sorry, West Stand Highbury art, uh, which she's got there, which we're just popping up on screen. You can also see the uh, East Stand, uh, which is the uh, section that Amanda is in. That's the section that Amanda's in, and they sit down politely and collapse, and they don't stand up like the wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Beehive, sit down politely Uh, and clap. Polite, polite clapping when there's goals. Uh, let's do, do some stats, and Amanda, I'll go to you. You can give us some of your stats as well. But so possession, absolute domination, sixty-five percent to thirty-four point seven for Burnley. I'm getting this information from Sky Sports. Sixteen attempts on goal to eight. Burnley 
zero shots on target, as we talked about earlier. That back line, I mean, if you're talking about giving us a chance of winning a title, the front line is firing at the moment. And we are, as the away fans were singing, um, we uh, we score wherever we go. And uh, half of our team put the ball in the effing net. So that's quite helpful. <laughs> the best, um, isn't it? We, uh, yeah, 86.6% uh, passing. Um, you know, it was just, it was an utterly dominant display. But Amanda, you got some stats as well. So do you want to chuck those in? Not not so much stats, but just some bits and stuff. This is the first time in Premier League. Don't throw your bits in, please. Nobody throw your bits in. <laughs> Arsenal bits. Uh, that Arsenal have scored five plus goals in back-to-back -back away matches. Leandro Trossard has scored four goals in his last last five Premier League matches. Um, last five Premier League games, played 5-1-5, five, five, scored 21, conceded two, three clean sheets, nine different goal scorers, Saka six, Trossard four, Martinelli three, Gabriel three, Havertz one. All of these have got one. Havertz, Erdegaard, Jesus, Rice, Saliba. And Kai Havertz has come out and said, we're in a good moment. We have won all of the games so far, so it, feel good. it feels good. Behind that was hard work and there, are, and there are many hard games to come. We have to continue the hard work. You so do, Kai. But you know what? You can all pat yourselves on the back tonight. Do you know what? That interesting stat, and that, again, James, I'll bring you in on this to just get some thoughts from that, some, not stat, uh, comment from Havertz there where he said, you know, we have to continue the good work. One of the things that I think I said towards, I said on social media, but I want to get you some thoughts on, we will go back to the goals, but just because it's naturally flowing that way. Um, on 86 or 87 minutes, um, half of the uh, Burnley uh, Stadium had been emptied, but... Um, all I could hear was Mikel Arteta barking at his players. Yeah. The standards, like we're 5-0 up, the standards, and he is barking at his players to press, to make sure you're closing down spaces and stuff like that. So, James, um, not really a question there. I just really want you to kind of comment on, like, that level of professionalism, intensity, and the real drive. You know, you're 5-0 up. It's easy to take your foot off the gas. But, no, we're, we're going to keep keep those standards high, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why this team is is as good as it is, because being professional in all walks of life is absolutely paramount. But in a footballing sense, to not let your foot off the gas, to hold yourself to such high standards, to be professional, intelligent across the board. I mean, there's not one player that I look at in this team and think, God, you're... You're a bit of an idiot, aren't you? I mean, whereas in the past we've had players like a Bamiyang who, you know, although he scored some great goals for us towards the end of his tenure, you could tell, you oh, know, yeah. he just wasn't quite, you know, possessing the intelligence that Mikel Arteta would want as a manager. And that's no disrespect to him because obviously he's, he's doing quite well at Marseille at the minute. But you know what I mean? This group of players have got such good footballing brains. They hold themselves uh, to such high accounts. Um, and I've got, yeah, so much respect for that because if we are going to win the league, um, you can't be giving away, you know, sloppy goals even when you are 5 0 up because that could, you know, just just lead to you taking your foot off the gas in a more important game. So no, I'm I'm really pleased with um with how we go about it. I think you know we we show respect to um ourselves by doing that. And yeah, um it's just a great time to be supporting Arsenal. I think we take ourselves very seriously, which is really good. But also I, I start I, I like to think now that um everyone else is starting to take us seriously. I mean, I was listening to BBC Radio 5 Live on my way home today and they were just talking about it being a free horse race and it's quite nice that even though we've always been in the conversation this season, everyone else is starting to see it that way. So, um, yeah, in answer to your question, Chris, I'm, I'm so proud that we've got these incredibly high standards and long may it continue. 
Yeah, long may it continue. But oh, sorry, Amanda, we just uh, I'm we admin. Did the old what are you where you're admin tonight, and I've decided to just jump in. I'm going to control shut up. freak. Fiona, welcome to the chat. Yeah. We love Fiona always joining us. So uh, thank you for joining us. But um, Amanda, um, let's can get I just the sorry? Half. Can I? I wanted to just mention about Mikel Arteta. Do you remember when we had Ant on and Alan Algar, and they were saying about Alan saying Mikel doesn't come across as a something about his personality and people don't like him, which I think is utter crap. And I said that to him. The reason is he's a winner. He won't. He won't. He won't settle, and that's why you heard him barking orders when when it's clear we're going to win the game. He's a winner. He was, and also he's got that Spanish passion. And not only that, he was brought up under Wenger, brought up under Pep, both winners. He's not going to sit back. He's not like a uh, good day mate down the road, is he? Uh, it's all well and good having a lovely person. You want to have a go at trying that again with an Australian accent? Come on, come <laughs> I haven't on. got one. I g'day, think our listeners would love it. If you had a go for it. All you Aussie listeners, g'day, mate. Um, so it's wonderful, and he has got a great personality down the road. He hasn't got any trophies, though, has he? Um, and he's not winning games, but, you know, fair play. Um, I'd rather my manager be uh, Mikhail Arteta, to be honest. I've always said that since day one. He's a winner. He's been brought up to be a winner, and that's what he expects. You know, he will not, I doubt very much he'll sit there tonight and praise his boys to the hill. He'll go, job done. Now we're going to Porto. You know, wonderful. I'm sure he praises, but I'm sure he's not over the top. Um, and I don't, I mean, obviously we didn't see any celebrations or anything because we came running on here literally as the final whistle went. And I'm hoping they celebrated to our heaven, to be honest. But, you know, all credit to Burnley. A lot of their fans did stay unlike West Ham. Um, and it must be tough for them. And also we wish that Burnley player well. I don't know what's happened to mm. him, but that was 10 minutes of, you know, a bit of worry and everything. And we'd always wish um, a player His name's well. Aaron Ramsey as well, isn't it? I uh, Yeah, mm. I got a little bit confused when they said that. I was like, that's not our one, is it? Um, yeah, and I hope he's, I, I hope he, you know, we wish him well. The, the Burnley player, a quick recovery. But I'd also like to say, because we're going to forget, the Arsenal ladies played out to a sellout 60,000 at the Emirates. Um, I knew quite a few people that were going to that. They beat them 3-0 United. And, you know, to the people that criticise women's football, criticise women in football or anything to do with it, you had 60,000 people at the Emirates today. 60,000 people sell out. Think about that. So well done to the Arsenal ladies. Yeah. Um, I also would like to point out at this moment, your lack of faith in me, I find disturbing. I've made notes and everything. There is an A4 piece of paper. And on that A4 piece of paper talks about the Arsenal ladies. Oh, I'm so very shame impressed. on you. Shame on you. You've spoiled all my thunder, James. Um, we get ourselves. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to ask a question. So. Saka scored on 47 minutes. Trossard scored in 66 and Havertz scored in 78. What was your favourite goal? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
the Havertz one it's got to be I think I loved all of them um but I think uh Trossard definitely deserved to score today because he had so many chances so he just couldn't put it in the back of the net but he took his goal really well so two and three and three for him when you think about it Liverpool West Ham and Burnley he's showing again why he should be our first choice centre forward at the minute if he's you know if, if you can even class him as a centre forwards he's putting the ball in the back of the net which is something for all of Gabriel Jesus's ability is something he struggles with honestly I think there's a real case to be made for Trossard being our best finisher at the club um so yeah he was great Saka's goal was great I mean I loved you know that lethal finish with the right boots very reminiscent of what he did against Leeds last season. Brilliant assist from Erdegaard. But for me, it's definitely the Kai Havertz one. I just loved that little step over through the legs of the defender into the back of the net. I mean, if we if we if if it was nil-nil, I'm pretty confident he doesn't score that. But the fact that we were just so in control, the game was, was finished at that point and he could just, you know, take it in his strides. Yeah, really, really, really nice goal. And given that he's such a lanky bloke as well, I mean, he has no right doing that sort of so, skill. So fair play to him. What was your top three goals today? Isn't this amazing? Sorry to interrupt. Isn't this amazing that we're talking about top three goals? I know, yeah, we have no I, right I've got my all. top three. I've been thinking about it. All right, you're going to come next, Amanda, but let's 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 have James on, do this. Okay, so Havertz is definitely going at the top. Then I'm going with Saka's second goal and then Erdegaard's opener. Amanda? Yeah, same. Although Saka and Erdogan for number two, I, I mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same as James. It has to be Havertz. Saka's goal was so magnificent, but I loved Erdogan's. And then it would be Trossard and obviously the penalty. But yeah. um, yeah, they're, they're my three. Do you know what's interesting about Havertz? So um, we've all had our. I think we can all admit on this pod because we obviously pod multiple times a week since the beginning of the season uh, and for many years. Um, we've all had our doubts about Havertz at different times. And we've all kind of, you know, he gets our support. He's an Arsenal lad in an Arsenal shirt. You know, forget the Chelsea nonsense. You know, we back him. But I think a lot of us, if I was to make a sound to describe Havertz towards the beginning of the season, it would be, yeah. Um, but last season, he's, he, he was involved in, not, in 10 uh, goal involvements, playing essentially as a centre forward for Chelsea. So it's nine goals and one assist. This season, he's got five goals and one assist. So he's on course to roughly hit that mark. But if you think he's been playing as a left eight for a big chunk of this season, he's not been playing as that that sort of set central focus point. And again, James, back to your point. Um, Trossard, Havertz, like the way that they're moving, the rotation. Um, you know, we had times where Trossard was playing up top. We had times where Trossard would drop back. That fluidity, that could potentially be the difference between glory and not glory this season do you think question mark I don't know if teams will suss on to it I mean it's working so well with the minute and I don't want to believe that they're in a purple patch but when Trossard was poor not so long ago he was very poor and when Havertz mm. has been poor he's also been, been quite yeah, poor fair. at times so I, I, I want to believe that we found a system now that works so well but we've got the luxury in the not too distant future, hopefully, of being able to bring in the likes of Emil Smith Rowe, Fabio Vieira, we hear is not too far away from returning, Thomas Partey, um, Gabriel Jesus. So we've got different options if this doesn't continue to work. And that's what I think we've struggled with previously is that because so many players have been injured, we've not been able to change things up. And I think that's what resulted in the bit of a rut of form just around the Christmas period. So, um, yeah, I'm not too worried if it does dry up, but I just really like 
this this system and the way it works. And I like that Kai Havertz isn't exclusively having to play as a left eight because Trossard can drop back, Havertz can go up top. And I think he's just he just found his groove in, in this way of playing. Um, I think there's no reason why Gabriel Jesus can't do the same thing when he comes back into the side because he he does all the things that Trossard is doing. You know, he drops deep. But I think Trossard is just putting the ball in the back of the net at the minute. And that's the difference maker for me. And that's why he should continue to play. But there, there's no doubt in my mind that at some point Trossard might have a dip in form between now and the end of May. And at that point, maybe we can look to bring Jesus back in or maybe we bring Kai Havertz in up top because let's not forget have it started up top against Liverpool and was brilliant. So we've got options. We've got versatile players. That's what we've missed for so long. And um, yeah, it's great. It's just really, really important. We get these injured guys back quickly so we can explore those options because when you know players do go into slight dips in form, which is inevitable, it happens. We've got someone that's waiting in the wings ready to, to make a statement. Yeah, absolutely. James, I'm going to stick with you for my next question. Then we'll go to Amanda. Um, you talked about difference makers just before um, I give you the question, because I'm going to go into a rambling monologue for about two minutes, just to warn you first. And I think that's a really, really good point. This idea of difference makers, because I feel like in December at times, I think somebody said in the chat, like in December, or somebody said to me on Twitter in December, they were looking at it going, where's the difference maker coming from? But now it feels like we've got multiple difference makers. We've got Havertz, we've got Trossard that's hit form. You know, we haven't even seen Jesus for a couple of weeks, Jesus, sorry, for a couple of weeks. We've got Erdegaard who is threading those balls in Sackers, suddenly finding form and scoring scoring goals. We have different difference makers everywhere. And that is, so, it, it literally warms the cockles of my heart. But um my question is more around, you also then talked about like, oh, injuries, injured players coming back. And I want to talk about the value, and then I'll get Amanda's views, the value of the fact that we were 4-0 up on 66 minutes with Trossard with an absolutely superb goal. And then we were able to make subs. So I think it was like on the 70-ish minute that we made those subs. How important do you think that is with a view to Porto? And then we've got Newcastle. Like, do you... like? Could that, again, be a difference maker, being able to make those subs, taking the Declan Rices off, taking the likes of Saka off? What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. But I would say that how often are you going to find yourself in a situation where you're four or five nil up in the Premier League? I mean, in yeah, our case, right. it's, it's a weekly thing at the minute. So, you know, we, we, can, we get that. Stadium's empty everywhere we go, mate. Exactly. exactly. So we can afford to bring on the likes of Cedric Suarez. And I know we didn't bring on Elneny today, but we did against West Ham. And, you know, we can we can bring on these guys um, that in big games where we're chasing goals, I'll be quite frank in saying I wouldn't really trust coming into the game. You know, I wouldn't really, I don't think if we'd have won these games by such hefty margins, Cedric Suarez would have got a single minute. But we know that he's, you know, over the hill, but he's a fairly solid, safe pair of hands if you're winning the game by four goals to nil. So that's why he came on today. No doubt about it. Um, but I look at players like Reese Nelson, Eddie and Ketia, Cedric, and you know they didn't do anything today, if we're being totally honest about it. These aren't guys that uh, I, I personally expect to be at the club beyond the summer. But for the situation that we're in now, where we just need to see games out, close games out, um, rest some of our key bodies. If it gives us an opportunity to take off the likes of Declan Rice, Bakayo Saka, thank God he's being taken off with like 20, 25 minutes to go now. I think Arteta's finally learned his lesson on that one. With the Champions League looming, um, it's really important that we're able to do that. So, you know, 
I, I wish we'd have had Raw Waters and Inyeri, uh fit for today because I'm I'm absolutely certain Inyeri would have got another uh, cameo performance because he looked so good against West Ham. So it's a bit of a shame that he he wasn't available. But um, yeah, look, whilst we're in a situation where we're winning by such he- such hefty margins, I I wouldn't care if we brought Sebastian Scolacci out of retirement and brought him on. To be honest, so um, yeah, happy with those subs. So um, at this juncture, I'd like to interject and say that you mentioned Cedric Suarez twice. And at this point, uh, one of the benefits of being, we all agree beforehand, just for those of you guys in the chat or listening in, uh, who's going to host. And I get the uh, joy of hosting tonight. <laughs> and you've mentioned Cedric Suarez twice there. And on that note, I'm Sorry offering you, that, I'm, 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 I'm literally bringing out a blue card for you. So you've got two minutes where you're not allowed to talk and I'm giving Amanda <laughs> the floor for a free swim for two minutes because I cannot have Cedric Suarez talked about with in the same vein. Do you know what? The reality is, is that who cares because we won five minutes. But he's right. Cooks is Amanda, right. Amanda, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going to get your minutes. Cooks is sitting down. He's been sin bin for two minutes. So <laughs> you've got a free swim, Amanda. You can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about the Trossard goal. You can talk about the Havertz goal. But uh, James is uh, he's sitting down for a couple of minutes because there's too much Cedric from my time. Sin bin. Well, Carl did the same as what you did. Even oh, Cedric's coming on. I said, so what? You're four nil up. Who cares? Is he's, he's not going to break exactly what. Cook said he would never have brought him on if he was in a desperate situation, a nil-nil or something. Um, no, I just listen. I just think I, I'm not really focusing on the injuries. It's another week where we don't need them and we, we're scoring for fun. I mean, listen, I don't remember games like this. 4 nil, 5-0, 6-0, 4-0 again, 5 nil. I just, it's fantastic to see. And I am sorry, it was 3-1 at the ladies because everyone keeps telling me in the chat room it wasn't 3-0. Three, three um I, ju- I just think that it's all gelling. It's all gelling. And I've got some other bits that I want to read to you as well. Um, Arteta on turning domination into goals. We are showing a high efficiency in front of goal at the minute. The players up front feel connected at the moment. That's a different story because it gives us much more tranquility to finish the games off, which has been a problem. And also, <laughs> he was talking about Foden. Um, hold on, sorry. Arteta on if Foden comparisons motivate Saka. He said, I have no clue. I don't think Bakayo needs much motivation. And this is why I love my manager, the way he answers. Um, there's loads more. Um, I'm not going to sit and read everything, but I'd like to say thank you to Carl for all of these because it's fantastic. Um, all the quotes we're getting. We're all going to enjoy Match of the Day, though, aren't we? I mean, let's hope Spurs are on first so we can have a bit of a laugh. Um, I'm sure we won't be first up. Actually, let's hope Chelsea's on first, shall we? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And you know, um, it's funny because we've talked about, and I've heard a couple of podca- other podcasts talking about, I almost sort of want us to fly under the radar. I want us yep. to almost just fly under the radar until two weeks before the end of the season. Then suddenly we go five points clear and then we can have a lovely old time to uh to finish off the season but if we're we still under the radar like this, because if liverpool keep winning and city keep winning it's it's liverpool city and um yesterday i was asked to go on the radio very early this morning i couldn't do it and it was a bit different one this one it wouldn't have been with a bernie fan it was with a liverpool and a city fan because they wanted to chat about the three horse race no one's seeing it any different now it's a three horse race not a four not a two a three so i like being the third one in mid-feb you keep us there for a period of time and then we're going to race to the finish line yeah absolutely love it absolutely love it right he's out of the sin bin now is the blue card has come out so uh 
James, um, any thoughts on that perspective? Do you want to be uh, do you want to be just sort of under the radar or do you actually this is stupid. I was about to say, do you want us to just keep winning six nil? I mean, that's an obvious question. So I'm, I'm going to rescind that one myself. But uh, just general thoughts from that perspective. I'm perfectly fine with where we are, to be honest. I'm really looking forward to Wednesday night against Porto. I can't wait for the Champions League to come back. I really think we can go deep in that competition. And it's just nice to have a little bit of a breather from the Premier League as well, albeit we're back on Saturday night at 8pm against Newcastle. Also, cannot wait for that one. But yeah, I like being the chaser. I don't like um, being the leader. I think there's so much more pressure on you. And when you get teams that can overtake you it can really set you back a little bit so I like that we've got something to focus on something to chase for um, because we weren't in that situation last season and we're hitting form at the right time it was this time of year last year or it might have been a couple of weeks later where Saliba got injured we had Rob Holding being a fixture in the Arsenal defence and um, Thomas Partey went out for a little while it was just yeah kind of where it all collapsed this time last year so it's starting to you know, get into a really good place with us at the minute. We're playing some beautiful football. Players are coming back from injury as opposed to it being the other way. So, yeah, really, really um, happy with our position. The one thing I'm a little bit cautious about is that we've got some really tough away games coming up. And that's why I'm still a bit hesitant on whether we will go the distance. I mean, United away is always a difficult game for us. Spurs away, I know they lost at home to Wolves, but it's the North London derby. But the big one is obviously we've got to go to the Etihad. And... um you know, there's a little horrible voice in the back of my mind saying if City beat us at the Etihad and they win their game in hand, it's six points. And at that point, I think it'd probably be a bit too much. But, you know, we're going to beat them 6-0. So we don't need to think about that. We don't need to worry. Um, sorry, like can it, I just man. interrupt? Cook, she on. wasn't on last week. And me, Albert and Chris asked how many points we'd get out of the next five games. So Albert and Chris went for 13. I went for 15. So now you've got a choice, haven't you? Are you going for 12 points? Well, I need to bear with me. I need to look at our next couple of fixtures. Look at the next four We've games. We've got uh, we Newcastle five. at home. We've got Newcastle at home. I think we then go away to Sheffield United. Okay, I've got, I've got Brentford. Go on. Yeah. go on, mate. And then Chelsea. Well, so if we, we're being... we, it's out of 15 points, and so now it's out of 12 points. Yeah, if, we, if we're being serious, if we want to win this league, you've got to get 12. I don't think you can get anything less. I think if no, you've got what 10... what do you think? Do you think you're... What do I think? I, I, I think, yeah, I think we should get 12. You know, based on the way we're playing, why should, you, know, you, you have to beat Chelsea at home. You have to beat Brentford at home. You have to beat Newcastle at home. And the only away game is against a dreadful Sheffield United side, with all due respect to them. You don't win those games. You don't deserve to win the league. I'm, I'm really sorry to be frank, but you have to. When you've got City no. on the horizon... You know, if we could win all those games and go to City and get a point, oh, you know, we could go to City and win because we'd be on the back of what? God knows how many wins in a row. I mean, it's all <laughs> hypothetical and we probably won't win all of those games. But, you know, it's a beautiful thing to think about. And let's not forget City and Liverpool play each other very soon. So have we got to go to, hold on, where have we got to go? Just the Etihad. I'm lost. And Man yeah, yeah listen, had Spurs, United, they're, they're the you ones. You know what I said last year, Cooks? You've got to enjoy it now. Just enjoy it. We're oh, yeah, no, I am. I beautiful am, don't worry. football. Let's not stress about Do you know, I think this will be the first season, if we continue, I will not be that stressed about going to the Etihad. I haven't decided if I'm going yet with my city oh, mate. <laughs> but, uh? I'm already worried about that one. Oh, okay. No, I'm not. I, I think you know we've what, got to focus on the Champions League. Do you know what's interesting, mate, about that is that Normally, I'd agree with you. And normally, I'm just like, oh, for God's sake. Uh, but as you just said, if we pick up maximum points between now and then, big if, I get it. But I generally go into that game saying, 
this team are doing the business. We need to seriously, like, we're Arsenal fans. We're almost, we're always going to just instantly uh, sort of revert to something's going to cock up, something's yeah. going to go wrong. But if this team wins the next four games in a row, it, in my own head, I feel like I need to be like, you need to recognise that Arteta's got this team. We are tough to, we are tough to break down. We are, we are tough to create chances against. And we've got rotational forwards that are banging in goals right now, right, Amanda? Christopher, look at Simon Armstrong. This is what we want. We don't have to fear going to City. They have to fear us coming up there. And that is exactly... You know, it's a shame we're not playing them now. Absolutely mm. right in the momentum of now. I yeah. can't... Listen, I can't see us scoring four, five, six goals every game. I just can't see that. What are you going to say um, against City? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes. I, just, I just can't see that. So it would just have been great for that momentum but listen you your next game is is vitally important i've never ever wanted to win the champions league more than i do this season it's at that wembley would, as well oh god that would be it for me that would be it. i'd have seen the corner everything. from me i know i want we would be going whatever way it would take to get a ticket we would yeah. be going but i think We've got a really, really good chance. But do you want to go to questions or do you want to finish off the end of the uh, game? Well, or... I've got one more question I want for both of you. And I'm going to start with James. Okay. So, uh, and I'll, I'll help you out, but I'll answer the question first. So you've got time to think. And my question is, what was your most fun part about today's game? And I mean, there's obvious things about goals and stuff like that. But the thing that made me just chuckle, like literally LOL, laugh out loud, was um, when the... Uh, when the, the the fourth official or whatever it is held up the sign saying 10 minutes and the Burnley fans booed. Oh. I mean, for me, that just made me genuinely laugh out <laughs> loud. It was like, you're already the booiest fans ever. Uh, you're really unhappy because you've sat there in the rain and watched your team get battered. And then the, and then the fourth officials called up 10 minutes and you've booed it. I mean, it was just hilarious. But James, can you pick out, uh, and then Amanda, can you pick out, the bit that was either most fun or thing that made you laugh, you can choose. So I've got two. I think the first one was when the referee just was jogging and then stopped in Kai Havertz's path and Havertz literally pushed him out of the way. I don't know if you've seen that clip, but it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I imagine he didn't get a booking for it because he I've really did push him out of the way. And the other one was where Fafana was chasing down a loose ball and you think he's probably going to get to it and Saliba's just got to boot it out, but he drops his shoulder and calmly takes it around him. I mean, that that was just perfect from him. Genius, absolutely genius. Amanda, if you've got a moment that made you laugh or just your most favourite fun moment? The fans, the fans singing with the empty stadiums wherever we go. Yeah. <laughs> and stadiums, I love that. Everywhere we everywhere go. We go. Yeah. And I love their song of who put the ball in the yeah, Burnley net. net. Oh, or the, the other one, the other, the other one that made me laugh was "Are You West Ham in Disguise?" And I was oh, like, "That's that good on so many laugh. levels." They're both playing um, Claret, would, they're both getting battered. I would just like to update you on my West Ham colleagues, shall I? Um, mm. <laughs> How was that? I just put Declan Rice on my Facebook. I did nothing else, and he attacked. It was quite funny. Um, and then I just sent a gift with six. Didn't even respond to anything else. Um, wouldn't talk to me at work. And then he spoke to my boss, and I said, "Just, just say I'll." call him in six minutes my boss didn't know what he's talking about because he's not really into football and he, he said Amanda said six and then didn't respond but my other West Ham director had a great chat with me you know a sensible chat you know he said he, I, he could see it was going to happen amazing football we played so you get two different sorts of fans the ones that talk to you and a lot of my West Ham friends 
were just saying you were magnificent and watching Declan score that goal was heartbreaking, but it was, it, it, you know, he's playing so well. Um, you just get different sorts of fans, don't you? But yeah, it's an absolute delight and a joy working with me at the moment if you support any other team. I bet it is. I absolutely bet it is. Amanda, should we do some questions and you can ask James the first question? Oh, can I? I, for, I, I give you permission. <laughs> I'm out of the sin bin, then, am I? You're he's out, out of the sin, sin bin, bin and he is, he, is, he is running for his life. He's, he's, put, he's leaving it all out on the field right now. Right. I actually like this question. Carl Stark, are you more confident about chasing City and Liverpool down rather than being out in front? Yeah, I think we touched on that earlier, didn't we? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm quite happy being in the chasing pack. It's a bit different to last year. Let's hunt them down. Too much pressure last year. Um, and it's not about bottle. It was injuries and everything fell apart at the wrong time. Um, I'm much happier being here. Are you, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you just said is really important, like the injury stuff, because we've had a lot of injuries already this season. It felt like we... We managed to get through a lot of last season. Apart from Gabriel Jesus, we got through a lot of last season with not as many injuries. I mean, Thomas Partey played something like 33 games last season, which we ain't seen that this season. So it does feel like you know players coming back, hopefully during Timber, Partey, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. I think there's something to be said for... Um, sorry, mate. I think there's something to be said yeah, for how well we've done to actually be in this position with the injuries we've had. 100%. I mean, Partey has effectively been out the entire yeah. season when you think about it. Timber has been out the entire season. These were two guys that you thought were going to be mainstays when we saw us play City in the Community Shield. And to be in the position we are now, even with, you know, fringe players like Smith-Rowe, Fabio Vieira, um, and the knocks we've had to Zinchenko recently, Jesus, Tommy Yasu being in and out of the team. I mean, we've done exceptionally well to be in both a Champions League race and a Premier League race. Absolutely. Simon Armstrong, welcome to the show and thank you for your question. Do we think Dex's position currently will be his position moving forward, Chris? I think that the reason why Arteta signed Declan Rice, but also why he signs most of the players that we bring on board these days is versatility. So I don't think there'll ever be a, a fixed position for any period of time. I think Rice will play six for a lot. But I think if Party was in the team, he'd probably play at six and Rice would be playing left eight right now and Havertz would be rotating. I think that's the value of having a squad of 16, 18 players you trust in that we get to crunch periods like now, Champions League on Wednesday. We've got, you know, in theory, a tough away game at Burnley and then Newcastle at home next week. So you can rotate it a bit more. So I think there isn't any uh, there isn't any sort of current position position because it's going to fluctuate. OK. Um, thank you for your question, Simon. Our friend of the show and your podcast brother from another mother, Young Cooks, on your preview shows, James Johnson, 91. As always, going to be controversial. Is it telling to the panel how better Arsenal look as a unit slash team without the two ex-City lads, Jesus and Zinchenko? Young Cooks will come to you. Cool. That's a meaty question, isn't it? Mm, Oh, it's really tough to answer, actually. I think a large part of why we're doing so well defensively at the minute is down to Ben White and the way we're utilising him, where he's just seamlessly inverting, whereas it looks so clunky and difficult for Kivior to do because Kivior's just playing as a fullback. I mean, he, he looks so good there when he's having to tuck in at centre-half where he's getting forwards. He's a really good passer of a ball and also he deserves massive credit for the last goal that we scored because that was such good quick thinking from him to make that throw. Very intelligent player and I think he fits the DNA of this team perfectly and I wouldn't be in a rush to bring back either Tomiyasu 
or Zinchenko whilst he's playing so well. And I think he probably gets the nod in Porto as well. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think bringing in someone like Zinchenko makes it necessarily worse, but I think where Ben White is doing the inversion role so much better, um, we just look so solid because he's a better defender than Zinchenko. Um, so I think we've got a very good way of playing. And with Gabriel Jesus, yeah, like I said earlier on the show, with Trossard playing so well and putting the ball in the net, which has been a difficulty for Jesus throughout his Arsenal and City career, um, you don't change it. And even if they were fit for the Porto game, I wouldn't really be inclined to bring him in. I don't think you can change this 11 at the moment. Anything to add to that, Chris? Uh, I would change the 11 in that I'd bring Gabriel Jesus in because of his record in the Champions League and he seems to just excel in it. But I totally, I sort of semi-agree with your point, Cooks. Um, and just because of Gabriel Jesus's history in that competition, that's the only thing that makes me think he'd be valuable. But I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's different horse different horses for different courses. I think there are some games in which naturally having those four centre-halves, having uh, Ben White overlapping and Kivior dropping in a bit deep, maybe there are certain games in which there are levels of control needed that and possession and where the ball is, it needs to be controlled. So in that, in other words, middle of the pitch type stuff that work for Zinchenko. So particularly in home games, I feel like in home games that often if we're playing a team that's, you know, 11th downwards in the league, we often need more control of the ball, you know, recycling the ball, that movement quick, that being able to spot a pass. That's why Zinchenko, yeah. But I agree agree with you, Cooks, to a point, like Porto away, we need, we're going to need that kind of solidity. And so... One sec, let's go to John John Rowe's question, Chris. So to go and play safe in Europe by Jorginho or keep the same team? So now you can answer that. You can carry on. I would keep the same. So I'm just trying to think about it in my head. So Raya in goal, um, White, Saliba, Gabriel. I think I'd play Tommy Asu because he's good on the duels. If he's fit. If he's not fit, then I'd play Kivior, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, and then the, the front three with... Uh, sorry, not Havertz. Um, Rice. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't even have an answer. I'm going ring. I'm I'm running myself in rings. Cookie, help me out here, mate. <laughs> well, I I wouldn't change the defence at the minute. Um, I don't see why why you would. I mean, we've conceded two goals in our past five games. I mean, it's it's a winning formula, and Kivior's playing so well. I think you've just got to play the guys that are in in such good form. And as I say, Ben White doing the inversion role. I think he's he's so good at it. And given that Tommy Asu, Zinchenko, they've been out for a little while now. Do I want to throw them back into the team in such a high intensity game in the Champions League? I don't think I do. It'll be interesting to see how that back four copes against a side that I think are going to put a lot more pressure on us and attack us a lot more because, let's face it, Burnley and West Ham have offered zilch in terms of attacking threats. So maybe we're being a little bit overzealous in terms of our, our praise for them, but they have been exceptional. But they've also not been tested all that much. So mm. I'd stick with it. Um, and then I would bring Jorginho back in. I would go with the exact same midfield that played against Liverpool that did so well. I think Jorginho is going to be pivotal in the Champions League. So that'd be my mid- my midfield three. Um, and then I think I'd probably go with Havertz up top, to be honest. Havertz up top, Saka and Martinelli on the wings. Um, bring Trossard on when we're 7-0 up. Um, we've got options, haven't we? we I'm joking yeah. about the 7-0 up, by the way. You guys look very serious about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just looking at questions, sorry. Um, Simon's got another question. Do we think we've taken the city route this season, starting slower and getting back to our best, which I already said that. So unless yeah, you two a binary question that I would say yes. Yes, because we're coming good second half of the season, which is what they do and are doing. And they're currently playing Chelsea now, aren't they? I'm assuming it's nil-nil because we would have been told. Um, okay, Phil Macker. Hi, Phil. Does anyone think the only reason Party will be here next season is because we can't sell him? I think he'll be gone. I do as well. Yeah, likewise. I think he, he should be gone, to be quite frank. He's going to be 31, plagued with injuries. I would much rather we just spent... Um, you know, a large sum of our investment this summer in a long-term party replacement, whether that's Onana from Everton, Zubimendi. I mean, we've got options in that department, uh, but we just can't be relied on, sadly, because when he plays, when he's fit, he's firing, he's world-class. I don't think we'll have a problem selling him. I think if we're able to get him back, you know, for the last, at least the last two months of the season, he can show what value he can add to a potential team. I think, you know, the Serie A, Bundesliga, um, even La Liga, where he started his career, I think... He's he's going to have options out there, but if you're expecting you know a thirty odd million price for him, you're not going to get that. I think you're looking at maybe as low as five million, uh, as much as fifteen million. It's going to be interesting to see, but I don't think he should be put in the same bracket as like an Abamyang where we're having to tear up his contract because okay, he's had injuries, but you know he's still a good player when he's fit. Yeah, absolutely. Um... A few more, and then we'll we'll all log off for our Saturday night evening, because it's the final of Take It Off. I've got, don't worry, you don't watch it, you won't know what I'm talking about. Uh, right, Simon Armstrong. What on earth is that? Is it... What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's, the the final of the masked, it's the final of the Masked Sinner, Masked Singer. Oh, and actually, we think Arsenal fan Alex Brook is one of them, so he might actually win it. It'd be quite funny. Um, right. Do we think Saka has unlocked the constant two defenders against him? A lot more inversion, making us a little more dynamic. Thank you, Simon, for your excellent questions tonight. Boys, in a, in a short sentence. Uh, can I go on that one? So I think that what's happened is that I think we're moving the ball diagonally to Saka a lot quicker. I saw that against West Ham a lot quicker. And when you move the ball, particularly long, longer balls diagonally, in, inevitably he gets more space. And so therefore I think they're not able, teams are not able to double up. But I also think Ben White overlapping is helping because suddenly he's doing that more. So actually that then makes means that defenders are now thinking about two players instead of one. So I think it's a combination of factors. But ultimately I think we have changed, not so much Saka has changed, we've changed and teams can't just, they're not just doubling up because we're actually supplying Saka, we're supporting him more with more bodies around him. Cooks. Yeah, but I also think, I agree with everything you say there, mate, Um, but because we've got this such unpredictable front six almost that starts at the base with Declan Rice and goes all the way through to Leandro Trossard's, Opposition defenders don't know who to mark because mm. there's just players popping up in different positions. Trossard might be on the right, Saka might be on the left. Havertz might be up top, Trossard might be in midfield, Saka might be, you know, um, through the middle. I mean, there's so many options. If you look at uh, the game today, I'd be interested to see some of the heat maps. But I saw Martinelli on the right-hand side numerous times. I saw Trossard on the right-hand side, Erdegaard's on the right-hand flank. I mean, we've just got such fluid movements. And going back to the point you made earlier about this uh, telepathic nature of the sides. We're in such a good position where this group of players have played together for so long now. I mean, it's been building over the course of several years that they just know the movements they're going to make. Um, yep. 
I think that's what I love about this Arsenal team, to be honest. Like, it's not just, you know, we've, we've bought players in and, okay, we have done that. We've bought in Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, David Rea, and they've had, you know, almost a, not an immediate, but a slow burning impact in the team, apart from Declan Rice, who obviously came in and has been exceptional from day one. But Saka, Martinelli, Erdegaard, you know, even players like Smith Rowe, Ben White, Gabriel, these are all guys that have been in teams that have finished in eighth place and they've just all come together as a collective and gotten better and better and better. And that's the nucleus of our team. I mean, I'm going off on a massive tangent here, but you know what I mean? We, we've brought yes. in players, but we've built such a good team over a period of years. Yep, okay. we absolutely have. It's amazing. Um, Amanda, are we, uh, are we wrapped up on the questions then? For no, the, just, do, uh, just do a couple of yes and no's. Carl okay. Stark, question. <laughs> Arsenal late surge to win the title. Are you feeling it yet? Uh, I'll answer that first. No. And not until after that City game. I suspect Cooks is similar to me. Yep, exact same. Uh, and I'm a no as well. So that's that. Um, Tony K, do the media love Ange more than Arteta? Absolutely, yes. What do you think, boys? Couldn't care less, to be quite honest with you. No, nor do I. But it's, it's a bit like that whole world-class nonsense. Like, I've completely, oh, like, no. ignored all of that this week so from I. idiots who talk about world-class. I don't care. If Bukayo Saka can get 35 goals this season and everyone says he's not world-class, I don't care as long as he gets 35 goals. Absolutely. And we'll finish off with Jamie's little statement because I think it would just make us all smile. Um, in our last two games, we've scored a third of all the goals, man, you have scored this season. <laughs> no way. Is that true? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's mental. A third of the cars man, you've scored all season. Thank you, Jamie, for making us laugh. That has they been only brilliant. scored 33. Hang on, I've got to check oh, that's correct. Right. <laughs> Stats checking, facts checking. A third, um, he said, whilst... not the whole lot. Yeah, um, and also, did, James yeah. Johnson, but Carl mentioned this, Ray and most clean sheets in the league now didn't play until five games into the season. So, you know, we've always been a little bit like, oh, we miss Ramsdale, but we always supported Raya. There's no doubt about that, but yeah, we all just I mean, missed him. On but, that, though, I'm always a bit sceptical about the whole clean sheets with goalkeepers thing and the old golden gloves thing, because it's actually about the whole of the back four and people in front of you. Like, if you make a million saves as a goalkeeper, but you're in a relegation-threatened team, you could be a better goalkeeper than the guy that essentially does nothing because he's in the best team that barely faces any shots and Raya doesn't face any shots this season I'm not bagging on Raya here like he's 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 doing a good job he's fine but let's not go too excitable on the whole clean sheets thing Cooks I don't know how you feel about that yeah I think if Ramsdale was playing he'd have those clean sheets he'd have nothing to do as well yeah well, I think that's a little bit unfair on Raya. He can only do what's in front of him, and he has made some really good stops, and his distribution's good. So we'll, we'll go end on a positive there. Um, yeah, and that's it. I've got – I want to end on that Man U thing. I think it's great. That's a, and, that's a very, very hilarious thing, to be and, fair. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining us today on this uh, very, very positive podcast. I'm going to hand over to Amanda in a second so that she can close us out. But um, just on behalf of myself, on Cookie and Amanda, and also, uh, again, as I said, right at the top of the show, in the middle of the show, we are sponsored by Ruth Beckhart. So lovely to have Ruth uh, supporting us and also giving us um, uh, some of the, the uh, images and stuff that we are able to put on. If you haven't already started following her or checked her out, check her out on Etsy. You can search it for Ruth Beckhart. Brilliant Arsenal-based stuff. But Amanda, just to wrap us up, send us home. Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm just going to check with Cooks to see when are you back with your preview show? Are we doing one pre-Porto, post-Porto? What are we doing? 
That is TBC. I'm afraid still trying <laughs> to work that out. So what everyone has to do is press subscribe and press the bell. And then when you set your show up, they will get notified. And we are receiving some lovely comments in the chat room. We love you all. Um, and as Carl Stark says, hit the ruddy like button, everyone, please. And leave your comments on YouTube as well. For those listening on audio, we really appreciate you. I listen to a lot of podcasts on audio, not only football ones as well. It's really cool. And always make sure I rate it and comment or whatever you can do on audio, um, please do. Please press the like button on the way out. You know, it's been a really, really good week for the Arsenal. It's been a great week for this podcast. We want you all to enjoy your Saturday evening. Look forward to Porto away. Um, there's not much else to say, is there really? Except always Arsenal. Always Arsenal. Good night, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.